Phil, that was uh, our good friend, Connie Zweig, who I'm uh, uh, very impressed with the work she's done and is doing and um, what she has written. I, I, I think, you know, when people hear the dark side, I think it scares them a little bit and they think of an exorcist or whatever, but actually uh, <laughs> I think she describes it quite well and, and the influence of Carl Jung, who had a big influence on me when I was studying clinical psych. And uh, but, yeah. uh, I think she's she's implemented uh, that uh, uh, kind of angle uh, on, on human psychology and in, incorporated uh, spiritual practice as well. To I'm sure she's helped a lot of people. Oh, yeah. She'd been doing it for a long time. I, I don't think she'd like the use of the term dark side. I think she she likes shadow. OK, because dark has even different implications right, right. Of, of, you know, negative and evil, um, whereas, um, you know, Darth Vader sort of thing. Yeah, but or, I mean, uh, I mean, it, it is, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, shadow is a more appropriate, softer term. But, you know, there, there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, if, if the stuff that uh, has had whatever impact on us is not dealt with, then I don't think that's healthy. Right, and that's the whole point of shadow work and Jung's insight in, into the shadow. And uh, a lot of people, as Connie said, uh, have made an important contribution uh, going from uh, deep spiritual work to recognizing that um, these shadow elements, positive and negative, exist and that they can wreak havoc on our lives in terms of you know how we live in the world regardless of our spiritual pursuits. I mean, I think everybody would agree that, you know, deep spiritual practices, the ones that are really transformative, uh, do change some of those uh, deep subconscious elements, uh, but not sufficiently and not predictably and not, you know, all the time for all people. And so people discovered that there were these patterns of behavior that weren't serving them well, uh, despite years of spiritual practice. And, and then it became, you know, obvious that certain things have to be dealt with in their, on their own terms. Right, right. I mean, I, or else I, wait a few more lifetimes. To have right. Uh, I related uh, <laughs> very much to what she said. and I thought she articulated, articulated it well that, you know, we were involved in the same sort of spiritual group. Uh, and uh, there was a period of time where you get so absorbed in it, you think, okay, if I just do my meditation and nothing else, everything's going to be perfect. I don't have to work on my personality. I don't have to work on my social interactions. And she said it, it hurt her in her 20s. She didn't develop emotionally as well as she, she should have. Uh, she didn't uh, develop the interpersonal skills that she should have been developing because so she, she was all absorbed in that. Now, I think, I think you know, most uh, good spiritual teachers will tell you, hey, you know, you, you practice your meditation, do your yoga, whatever, but, you know, you have to live a, a good life. You have to do decent things. You have to have a, a set of values and all. But it, I can understand and see how people can fall away from focusing on that and think, okay, I'm going to go and, uh, you know, I'm going to get enlightened and then I'll be a perfect human being and I won't have to yeah. worry about any of that. And I haven't met anybody that sort of um, accomplished that. That's just well, me. Yeah. I think, I think that was a, a faulty uh, projection or assumption. And to be honest, I think, uh, first of all, every spiritual group, especially in the 60s and 70s, every uh, 
lineage that people followed. They, they all think they're the only group that had certain phenomena take place, but it, it's not the case. In Buddhist meditation groups and all the different yoga groups and meditation groups, um, there were similar phenomena of you know people having this sort of wishful thinking idealism that everything would disappear. In Buddhist circles, it was called the uh, cushion model, that everything, you know, you just sit on your meditation cushion and do your practice and all these problems will disappear. And, you know, I remember 20, 25 years ago, some, you know, Buddhists saying, uh, well, you know, we also need the couch, not just the cushion. <laughs> you know, we right, right. Need to... And and I think uh, uh, there's a lot of psychological insight in some of these uh, ancient Eastern methodologies or you know in traditions, um, but I think the advent of modern depth psychology speaks to the modern psyche in ways that maybe the Eastern models could not have anticipated. You know, complex multicultural societies like ours right. with you know totally different family dynamics and then all that sort of stuff. I remember someone telling me a story about the Dalai Lama. I don't know if it's true, but when he heard how many western young people had issues with their mothers and their you know all that, he couldn't believe it. It's like <laughs> right. Well, he had a very different you know, upbringing, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm sure, but it was, you know, traditional yeah. small societies that are homogeneous and, you know, traditional, they probably don't have the same kind of dynamics. And so uh, that had to be all unfolded, perhaps by... He, know, he never met anybody expert. from Brooklyn, uh, <laughs> grew up in Brooklyn or New Jersey or, or uh, many other places, I should say. But well, that reflects on us, uh, I being from Jersey City and you being from Brooklyn. But we've met a lot of <laughs> complex personalities in our day. Uh uh, uh, Connie, you know, she, um, I, I thought she summed thing, uh, things up well. I, I thought she yeah. made a lot of those points. And then she, she didn't dwell on, oh, uh, I got caught up in that and then my life was at a standstill. She moved forward and she didn't abandon her spiritual teachings no. uh, to, to grow at, as an individual who lives on the planet and interacts with other people. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, and it, it goes, even back in the day in the 60s, there were people that said, hey, you just uh, take this uh, drug, and you'll have a psychedelic experience, right. and your life you'll be living in the world of the magical and wonderful times. Uh, uh, you know that that also uh, uh, came up. So I think every tradition, and and what she what she focused what she mentioned was uh, you know uh, sort of uh, moving toward fundamentalism, orthodoxy yeah. in any group, and it always happens. In religions, it always happens in spiritual groups, and that's where you really have to be careful. Oh yeah, there's there's always, you know, some kind of orthodoxy or fundamentalism in every spiritual group, and there's always more liberal and open-minded people in the same group, and that those sort of tensions play themselves out um, chronically in 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 just about every group I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. uh, just reflects human personalities right. and I, I think dynamics that, of groups. Yeah, the model that I always refer to, and it, this, this model is, can be applied to any group, religion, religious or spiritual I've ever dealt with, even a philosophical group. There's the, uh, you know, what they have in American Judaism is the Reform, the Conservative, and yeah. the Orthodox. And every group 
has that. And, That's uh, right. And the Orthodox are always, unless you're part of the group, the most difficult for others in that group to deal with because it's, yeah. it's this way or the highway. But, hey, everybody has a, a right to feel and believe what they believe. Well, and, you know, uh, even yeah. in... In Freudian circles, there were tensions between you know the Orthodox Freudians right. and and uh, and the ones who were saying, well, you know, maybe we should consider some other alternatives yeah. here. Look, okay, political philosophy, same thing. It's, yeah, it's all we're like, seeing you know, it. We're seeing it played out in politics right now. Mamma mia! A, yeah, in a very unhealthy way, aren't we? Yep. These are the days. So, the, and these the, these sort of shadow elements is what Connie dissects very. Uh, brilliantly and her books you know are uh have made important contributions in the development of of the understanding of shadow and shadow work and right. its relation to spirituality so we'll have, we'll have great to have her on the program great having her on we'll have all that posted up all right phil yep. till next okay, time man. another wonderful uh uh interviewee the shadow knows the shadow knows yes <laughs>